Hello, and welcome to the Victorious Living Christian Counseling Podcast. My name is Crystal Ridlin, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Indiana, and I'm a licensed professional counselor in the state of Missouri. For today's topic, I've decided to talk about the fear associated with the coronavirus or COVID-19. In March, when everything hit really hard and it was announced that there was now a, an official pandemic that our world was facing, not just our nation, but the entire world. And then our worlds began to shut down. In early March, I went to a training, a trauma training in February and I flew to Florida and I flew back from Florida and at this point, I was noticing sick people getting on airplanes and nobody really cared. I was noticing people who were, had gone to the bathroom and they were walking out without washing their hands. It was such a quick shift from carelessness to extreme measures, lockdowns not going out of the house, mask, you name it. Um, So one thing that I found is I faced fear, especially in the beginning. There was a lot of fear for me. I didn't know how my body would handle the virus. I didn't want anybody in my family to get really sick and die from the virus. And we really didn't have anybody we knew early on who had had the virus. And as, especially Facebook, I was watching Facebook and the news and we started seeing more and more people getting the virus. And and now every single one of us knows somebody very well who's either had the virus and got very sick or has had the virus and even passed away. So the virus is a very serious thing. And I know there are two camps in our nation right now. There's the camp of, I don't care about the virus, it's just a flu, it's just a cold. Everybody's overreacting to the other shift, the other side, which is we have to lock down everything, this is terrible, There's so much fear to a point of like people not going to restaurants, people not wanting to get together with their family, right? So there's these, there's a huge um, contrast in how people are responding to the virus. I had the virus in April the first time. I got it when I had to go to the ER for something that wasn't even... um, coronavirus but I don't know for sure that's where I got it but that would be the most logical solution because we were still in lockdown at that point so one thing I noticed as a counselor is I had a lot of people who were struggling with the fallout of coronavirus they were struggling with the fear of coronavirus that's a big one And I had to, and I'm still working with people on the fear that's associated with the coronavirus. And now, 
I'm working with people who have fear regarding the vaccine. And I'm also working with people who have extreme depression, even suicidal ideation, feelings, thoughts, due to the extreme measures of the lockdown. Feeling depressed, feeling lonely, especially people who live alone. These people are the ones who are suffering a lot. There's been a lot of things taken from us. My son graduated last year and he wasn't able to have a prom. He wasn't able to have a graduation and he wasn't even able to have a graduation party because we planned one and the numbers started going up around that time and we got I got nervous and decided that it was probably best to not have a, anybody meeting at that time so one of the things that I want to share with you that I've been working with my clients on in my office and through telehealth. I've been doing a lot of telehealth, primarily doing telehealth due to COVID. But one thing I've been working with my clients on is the importance of understanding the difference between fear, living in fear, and living with caution and living carefully. I have some very old clients who have some very significant health issues. And the last thing I ever want to do is tell them, this is not something you have to be afraid of. Don't worry about it. That is not something that would be wise for me as a professional or even a friend to tell somebody that. Because we all know people who have been very sick with the virus and it is a real thing. People are getting sick. Some of us, I've had it. I didn't have a really bad case of it. We may have even had it twice. But, so what I'm trying to tell my clients and what, how I have learned to cope with the fear that is associated with the coronavirus is to remember that I'm to live cautiously and carefully. But God tells me that we are not to live in fear. About a thousand times in God's word, it will you will find the words, do not be afraid. Be courageous. And so what I believe is that God, he knows that there's a virus. He's not afraid of this virus. In fact, I believe that he's using this virus for good. Because Romans 8.28 tells us all things work for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purposes. I've seen clients come to Jesus because of the fear of coronavirus. I've seen clients who have had fear about death in general that has come to the surface more so due to the coronavirus, who now live with caution, but are not living out their days in absolute anxiety 
and fear and misery. So early on, and it was probably the end of March, I came across an article that has helped me personally and I've used to work with clients as well. In the article, it talked about, and the article's name is called COVID-19, One Important Recommendation You May Not Be Hearing. And in this article, it talks about the fear of the coronavirus being deadlier than the virus itself. And then what I really liked about this article is it goes into the entire psychological makeup of the way our body responds to fear. So it talks about when we're in fear, there's a reactive part of our brain, and this part of the brain is called the amygdala. And what happens is when the amygdala is heightened because it has a threat, the amygdala is just part of the brain, and the brain is just an organ. And the brain doesn't understand that I don't have an actual real-life threat right here in front of me. It doesn't understand that this is a fear of the future. So it reacts as if the fear is current, present. And so that's why I really like this article, because it really began helping people to understand just how their fear was actually making them more susceptible to being sick. What happens when we have our amygdala heightened, especially for a long period of time, it weakens our immune system. Because what happens when our amygdala is heightened and aroused, it actually sends out cortisol, adrenaline, all kinds of what I refer to in my office as sad messengers. It sends out all these sad messengers into the body because it thinks that it is in real danger. And so changing this ideology of fear into being cautious but not fearful actually helps to stop the amygdala from hijacking what I refer to as, um, well, it's the, it's the logical part of the brain and it's behind the front of our school and what I refer to when it when we actually have our logical part of the brain being active instead of the amygdala they can't both be in control at the same time one has to hijack the other so the amygdala feels afraid and it hijacks the logical thinking this is why when you see somebody who's afraid they're typically not thinking very clearly because they're living in, they're in the moment, they're, their logical brain isn't responding. The same thing happens when somebody's angry, the amygdala is taking over. It's not, they're not, they're no longer in their logical reasoning ability. Therefore, they make irrational decisions and say things that they never would say when they're in their logical mind, okay? So, um, when I'm working with clients, I explain the importance of where to live with caution. And I, depending on what their health conditions are, I will tell them, you know, with you being high risk and you having this disorder and this disorder, this is something you need to be careful about. 
I'm telling you to be careful because it's so important, but I don't want you to live in fear. And so together we sit and talk about what are the different things that you can do to be cautious. You can wash your hands more. You can wear a mask when you go out. You can try to not go out into overly populated areas, right? We want to be smart. Um, so that's what I do. But I also tell my clients, most importantly, you don't want to be afraid. And we don't want to stop living. We want to continue being able to live with being cautious and careful, okay? So if you wanted to check out this um, article, again, it's called One Important Recommendation You May Not Be Hearing. And um, I just kind of told you a little bit about it, but I went into a lot of the brain psychology myself because it's something that I teach in my um, office as well. So another thing I want to talk to you about with coronavirus is that especially for people who are living in states or cities that are on that are still in strict lockdowns I'm in a state right now that isn't in a strict lockdown but there's not many Bible study opportunities it's in fact I've actually recently moved to a new state and it has been really hard to find friends, to meet friends, to be, to find a Bible study. I still have not really found a women's Bible study that I can meet with in person. We go to church on Sunday mornings. That's pretty much it. Um, it's hard to find community right now. So one of the things I've done to try to, to find community is I'm doing a virtual Bible study with a few of my close friends. I'm um, starting Bible Study Fellowship, which is a great program if you guys have never done it. There's actually Bible Study Fellowship for men, women, and children. And I'm going to get back into that actually starting next week. They're going through Genesis. And you can go to BibleStudyFellowship.org to get more information off of that. Um, so these types of things Although they're not as effective as being with somebody in person, they are really still very helpful, okay? I'm in a Bible study right now. We're going through James with one of my dear mentors and two of my sweet friends, and that's been just really encouraging for me. So you want to make sure that you're still having community in some way. What happens when you begin to not have community, you go into a period of feeling very lonely, which if you're only doing that for a short time, it's going to have less of an effect. But if you're doing that for a really long period, which this has been going on for March, almost a year, um, so it's going to actually have quite the impact on you. So what can you do if you're feeling fearful? I've heard people say that when they go in public, they have panic attacks or they even have panic symptoms, a tightness of the chest. They may feel like shaky or clammy or cold. They may have heaviness in their chest. They may have a difficult time breathing. Their head may be spinning. One of the things you can do 
is to remember and say to yourself, be cautious, not fearful. Do not be afraid. One scripture that I have had memorized for many, many years is do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, through supplication, let your request be made known to God, and the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When I am feeling anxious, I will say a phrase of that scripture, and then I will take a deep breath, and then I will exhale, and then I will say the next phrase, and I'll take a big deep breath, roll my neck around, shrug my shoulders, and exhale. What this does is it helps the amygdala to shut down. One, because you're reading God's word, which is speaking truth right to us. Two, because we're reading or quoting God's word, which actually gets our amygdala to shut down in the prefrontal cortex, the logical part of the brain, to actually begin to take back over. And third, you are taking in lots of oxygen, and the oxygen tells the amygdala you're safe and allows you to get back into your normal equilibrium state, and then you can continue doing what you're doing, okay? Um, the other thing that I think we should talk about is when people are fearful, one thing happens. There's a few things that happen, but one significant thing I've noticed, especially in relation to this virus, and I think we all would agree, um, is that people can become very selfish. It's a natural part of fear. When the amygdala is heightened, it is hard to think about the needs of others. And we go into panic mode. And we begin to think, oh, I may not have all these things. I may get sick. And then we go into this panic state, which is why we've seen, I don't know how many times, the shelves empty of toilet paper. Right? So people go into this panic state and it creates crisis. And so the important thing to remember is that we are to live cautiously. But we, just, we can live cautious and take all the protective measures that we feel that we need to to be safe and to protect ourselves without living in fear. Because the most important thing is is that we continue living. I have somebody who told me recently that she hadn't, she has a grown son, and she hadn't realized how much she missed him kissing her until one day he kissed her on the head and she had all this joy well up within her. And she realized that life was too precious to not continue living and so today uh, I want to just remind you that it is difficult this time that we are living in it's difficult like most of us have never seen I'm in my 40s I've seen 
people in their 80s who have never lived through this type of pandemic before. And so we're living in difficult days. There's a lot of sickness. There's a lot of economic issues. And on top of it, there are a lot of political issues, which I'm not going to get into today. Um, but all of these things are actually creating a lot of anxiety. And so what I want you to do is if you're struggling with anxiety on a regular basis, I always ask my clients on a scale of zero being none at all to 10, I feel so anxious, I feel like I'm going to go crazy and lose my mind. Where are you at? And really, if you feel like you're between, if you're a four or higher, there's no need to live with that level of anxiety. When you're getting to six, seven, eight, nine, that's not living. And so I want to encourage you, if you're struggling with a high level of anxiety, and I know I've seen people who are the most calm, in control, godly Christian women who have always been like a rock who've struggled through this pandemic because I don't know a single person who haven't endured hardship and difficulty and increased anxiety. In fact, counselors' schedules are pretty busy right now because we're trying to help people through the fear of all of this. So with that being said, if you are struggling with anxiety, please, please, please don't struggle alone. Find a good, godly Christian counselor who can help you to understand anxiety, to begin identifying negative, defeating thoughts, to begin to be able to help you to see that we're called to live cautiously, but not to live in fear. And to begin to help you to make sense and find peace in this difficult world. Okay? If you have any questions at all, please feel free to email me at victoriouslivingcounseling at yahoo.com. And you can check out my website at victoriouslivingcounseling.com. And also, um, if you could share this podcast, that would be great. My hope and prayer in starting this podcast is that everybody can get help right where they're at. And they can start to hear things from a trained professional counselor who can begin to help them understand themselves better and maybe even hopefully see the importance of reaching out to a counselor themselves. So share the podcast, check out my website, email me if you have any questions, and I will talk to you next time. God bless.